If you're saying I play favorites, you're wrong. I love all my children equally. I don't care for Joe. Welcome to the 120th episode of Egg Timer Philosophy. I'm your host, Eric Roark, and if you're new to the podcast, the basic idea here is that every week or so, a new philosophical topic is covered in about 10 minutes. And this week, that topic is egalitarianism, a topic that has played a central role in political philosophy circles for over the last half century or so. The main reason why I wanted to vote to devote an episode to egalitarianism is because it's probably one of the most important, referenced, and misunderstood philosophical topics today. Let's start with the misunderstood part. When many people hear the term egalitarianism, the quick reaction is, that's the view that says everything should be made equal and people should be given, usually through some type of governmental redistribution, the same amount of stuff. And if that's your first reaction to the idea, don't feel bad, because that's so often how the idea is talked about. And it's only natural that an idea is going to be understood in terms of popular rhetoric surrounding the idea. But actually, most philosophers and others who take egalitarian views seriously don't endorse the idea that outcomes should be made equal by making sure that everyone has the same amount of stuff. You can find egalitarian thinkers who endorse that idea, but they're actually few and far between. To consider the broad landscape of egalitarian views, it's important to start with two questions. What could ground a concern for equality generally? And then second, what is it that ought to be equalized? Unless both of those questions are answered, a person can't offer a a thoroughgoing egalitarian view. So for the first question, what could ground a concern for equality generally? Why care about equality? Here, there are two related answers that are often given the most attention, luck and fairness. Now, philosophers often distinguish between two types of luck, brute luck and option luck. Brute luck is just the good or bad that happens to you, which you have no control over. It isn't owed to anything you did or earned. The example often given here, which applies to everyone, is the construction of your genetic code. You had nothing to do with this, yet it plays an essential role in the quality and longevity of your life. Many egalitarians argue that people should not suffer from or enjoy the benefits of brute luck factors such as a person's genetic code. Such things are undeserved and unearned, and given this, people shouldn't suffer or benefit because of them. That's the basic idea anyway. The second type of luck is option luck. This is luck that a person has, which they were responsible for in some way. Say you take $1,000 to a a roulette wheel in Las Vegas and put it all on 17. After the spin, you're going to have no dollars or $35,000 based upon where where, where that roulette ball lands. Luck is involved here, but it's option luck. You made the choice to post the $1,000. You didn't have to do that. And because of that, most egalitarians, again, you'll find your exceptions, don't think that differences owed to option luck motivate much of an egalitarian case. 
So for many egalitarians, brute-like differences are to be minimized or, if possible, eliminated, but not differences owed to option luck. Fairness plays a strong role in the idea that brute-luck differences among people ought to be minimized. Again, brute-luck, good or bad, is unearned and undeserved. But fairness considerations go beyond just the idea of minimizing brute-luck. They apply to political concepts as well, such as one person, one vote. It wouldn't be fair for some people in a genuinely democratic community to have more votes than other members of that community. In fact, if voting was done in opposition to the idea of one person, one vote, then we aren't likely looking at a democratic community at all. Last, you'll often hear pragmatic defenses of egalitarianism or for equality generally. The idea there is that often society functions better and life is better for most people when things like massive differences in wealth between people are minimized or don't exist. When all these considerations are taken together, the result is that most people think, for various reasons and to varying degrees, considerations of equality do have a meaningful grounding or rationale. So luck and fairness frequently can ground the idea of egalitarianism, but they don't yet tell us what ought to be equalized. This is where misconceptions about egalitarianism from earlier come back into the, pe- come back into the picture. Many people talk about egalitarianism as if equalizing outcomes is the only way to think about the idea. And at that point, many people tend to reject the idea. They care about the impacts of luck and want to address fairness, but generally don't want a government or anyone swooping in and making sure that outcomes for everyone are equal ones. That's an understandable position, but it's also not the position held by most egalitarians. That's because most egalitarians endorse the idea of equalizing opportunities and not outcomes. Now, you can find your exceptions. A few notable egalitarians endorse equalizing outcomes, but that's a rare position. Most egalitarians say that we ought to care that what we ought to care about equalizing are not outcomes, but are instead opportunities. And if you ask most people, should people have equal opportunities? That idea typically gets a lot of support, and it's easy to see why. Owing to basic fairness, it only seems right that all members of society are afforded genuinely equal opportunities to succeed and live the good life. That doesn't mean all outcomes will be the same or equal. Two people might be given the same opportunities to succeed, but one person could work harder than the other and enjoy greater success. They'll have different outcomes. That's completely possible and allowable under an equal opportunity treatment of egalitarianism. So egalitarians' views are concerned with equalizing something, but that something is frequently opportunities and not directly outcomes. But it is worth noting that if a society were to actually structure itself to ensure that all people had equal opportunities to enjoy the good life, then it's also quite likely that the outcomes of people would often end up looking more equitable as well. One big reason why the outcomes of people often greatly differ is because very often societies are not structured to allow equal opportunities for all people. 
So while equal opportunities don't at all guarantee equal outcomes, there's a good chance that the two will often complement one another rather than stand in opposition. I should add that I use the broad phrase, equal opportunity for the good life, to describe a plausible view of what it is to be equalized for the egalitarian. I left that intentionally broad. By the good life, I just mean something like whatever makes a person's life better. Opportunities for that, however broad they might be, are what matter to people at the end of the day. Some egalitarians do try to get more specific here and reference ideas such as equal opportunity for access to political and social goods or institutions or equal opportunity in terms of resource allocation. Those specifications make sense, but ultimately why the specifics would matter to a person is because they allow the person to live the good life. A final consideration involves deciding the best, the best method to bring about whatever form of egalitarianism that is preferred. And this consideration has, with the topic of egalitarianism generally, a lot of misconceptions. Many people just equate egalitarianism with broad political positions like socialism or communism. So for many, when they hear the term egalitarianism, they just also hear socialism or communism right along with it. But that connection between ideas is much less clear than is often assumed. It isn't the case that an egalitarian will necessarily endorse socialism or communism, and it isn't the case that a socialist would be an egalitarian, and even a communist would be a very specific type of egalitarian. The socialist believes that the government should own the means of production full stop. Notice the view says nothing about equality or egalitarianism. Most socialists do argue that the government owning the means of production is a critical method to support egalitarian goals, but the two are separate positions and each can be held separately from one another. Egalitarianism does not necessarily follow from the government owning the means of production, nor is egalitarianism necessarily a motivation or motive for owning the means of production. In fact, it's not difficult to find numerous cases where a government has come to own the means of productions in sub production in substantial ways and little in the way of equality, either in terms of outcomes or opportunities, has followed from it. Of course, a socialist can say here that these governments were socialist in name only, and debates ensue from there. But you might be thinking, what about communism? Surely that's an egalitarian position. But even that will be a nuanced position. Consider Marx's famous phrase from his writings in the Gotha program. From each according to his abilities, to each according to his needs. That's a position about a focus on the fulfillment of human needs, and it's absolutely possible and consistent to take that idea and develop a type of outcome-based egalitarian system around it. Some communists have, but that's not the only way the idea has to proceed. It all depends on what counts as human needs. Marx never says these things are limited to the tools of basic survival. What if human needs involve the desire to compete, or in a Nietzschean sense, express a will to power? Now, Marx didn't think that. 
but an emphasis on human needs leaves the door open to endorsements of various egalitarian positions or even a rejection of the idea altogether. So the next time you hear someone invoke egalitarianism to provide a weak straw man version of the idea that they plan to knock over or as a way to necessarily link the idea with some political position, you'll know the real story is much more complex and that actually most everyone endorses some version of the idea. That'll wrap things up for this week. Join me back in, in about another week or so for the next episode. And you can always reach out to the show at eggtimerphilosophy at gmail.com. Until next time, wishing you good philosophical vibes.